How you doing, Rock Family? How you doing, Rock Family? We want to say hello to everybody watching online and everybody watching on Fox 5. I'm Miles McPherson, pastor of the Rock Church, and we have an exciting message. If you are new, I have said over the years that this is the most important sermon series ever. I say that all the time. So I'm going to say it again. This is the most important sermon series ever. We are in a critical, critical stage in our country's history with this election coming up, as we all know. And tensions are high, as we all know. And so we are going to talk about red or blue, what would Jesus do over the next several weeks. And my prayer is that it would encourage you and, and open your eyes to God's perspective on the election and politics in general. Um, if you are watching online, please hit the share button. We want to get this message out to everybody. If you're watching on Fox 5, please call your friends up right now. DVR it, tape it, whatever you, whatever you got so you could share this with them later and watch it again to think about these ideas and principles we're going to talk about. So, uh, and, and so we're very excited. So listen, let's get on our knees. If you are part of our Fox 5 family, uh, this is something we do all the time. We get on our knees and pray uh, because we are here to hear from God. And I want to declare that um, something that's true, I'm not making it true because I'm declaring it, but I declare that the Spirit of God is there with you in your home or wherever you are, and so we want to pray that we would engage in the Spirit of God, that we would hear God speak to us, not me, but the Spirit of God would speak to your heart and encourage you as uh, our country is in a very tenuous position right now. And I'm very excited about this message and what God's going to say to you. So let's get on our knees. If you're still sitting in your, on your couch or your, your kitchen table, let's get on your knees because there's a lot of people that are already kneeling waiting for you. Ready? Here we go. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for this message and this series. And I pray that you would teach us how to see uh, this election and politics from your perspective. Um, help us to be a light in this world, in this very dark time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's get your Bibles out. If you have a Bible... Uh, get it out. If you don't, grab one. Maybe on your phone. We want to lift it up and say word on the count of three. One, two, three. Word. Word, word, word. Turn to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. First book of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Um, I was watching the Super Bowl last year and, you know, whenever you watch any sporting event, especially when it's in the playoffs, Half the, the crowd is going crazy. People are screaming. Go, you know, they got their face painted. They, they, they spent all week getting their costume together. And I, especially it's funny when it's in the cold weather and people come with those shirts on because people are fanatical about their sports, as I am too. And I'm watching the game as people are going crazy. You've got that, all the stuff and all the people in the parking lot thinking half these people are going to be really mad in about three hours because somebody's going to win. And somebody's going to lose. Come November, six, the, the election is 16 days from now. It's already started, but 16 days, hopefully we'll have a result, 16, 17 days. Half the people, give or take, are going to be very happy. And half the people are going to be very mad. And like no other election, I'm concerned about what's going to happen after that. As we all know, people are very tense. And I would imagine even right now, a lot of y'all are on the chat you know, spewing whatever you want to spew about your candidate, your beliefs, 
And I want to encourage you all on the chat and all of you who are sitting at home that for the next half an hour or so that you let God speak to you. Because I got to believe most people already know who they're going to vote for. They already have their, their heels trenched into their position. But the reason we come to church is to step back and see all the things in our life from God's perspective. So my prayer for you for the next few minutes that you would just step back and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. If you're chatting, if you're talking a lot, you're not hearing God. You can't do two things at one time. So I just want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Your vote may change. Your perspective may not change. Well, hopefully your perspective on how you respond changes. Because here's the whole premise of this whole series. Red or blue, what would Jesus do? Half the people, give or take, are going to be very happy with what happens. And half the people, give or take, are not going to be very happy with what happens. And by the way, they're Christians on both sides, believe it or not. But the million-dollar question for us who say we want to honor God is how are you going to love the people who don't vote like you? How are you going to act after the election? Are you going to act a fool and forget your allegiance to Christ, or are you going to act in a way that honors God? That is the million-dollar question. My, I, I do not at all claim to uh, purpose in my heart or think I'm going to change your vote. That's not my goal at all. But my goal is to help guide you in how you act between now and the election, but especially after. And how you act is going to be determined by a couple of things. One, the kind of person you are. Are you someone who trusts in Jesus in everything and is committed to honoring him in everything, even when you don't get your way? And it's going to also determine, uh, be determined by your view of politics. Because if politics is the beginning and end of your life, not the word of God, then that's a problem. And so the question is, how well are you going to love the people who vote different than you, no matter what happens. Now, I want to read something to you from Matthew because we're going to, I'm going to give you a picture of the end in the beginning. In other words, we always want to start with the end in mind. And it's a very interesting um, short passage that I never saw it this way. But Matthew chapter 10, verse 1 to 4, it says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him. He gave them power over unclean spirits spirits to cast them out, heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now the names of the 12 apostles are these. Now just understand, these are the people who brought the gospel to the whole world. It's because of these people that we're in church today. And he gave them power to cast out demons, raise the dead, heal sickness. And these are his 12 guys. So look what it says. The names of the 12 apostles are first Simon, who was called Peter, Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, John, his brother, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, the tax collector. Remember that. Matthew, the tax collector. James, the son of Alphaeus, Labidus, whose name is Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, Judas, Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Two people, Simon, the zealot, and Matthew, the tax collector. Matthew, the tax collector, was pro government. He collected taxes. He worked for the government. And by the way, the tax collectors were, were crooks. And so they would come up, you owe, you know, five denarii. He would take ten, keep five, give five to the government. And they were hated by everybody. He was a follower of Jesus. 
And Simon the Zealot was anti-government. He wanted to overthrow the government. The Zealots wanted to overthrow the government. So just imagine in our context, someone who is right, 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 left, 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 and but guess what? They said, we're going to serve Jesus together. This is what this is all about. How well can you balance your political beliefs and put them aside and say, in the name of Christ, I'm going to love, and by the way, unite to build the kingdom of God over the kingdom of man. Let's talk about politics. Now, I was thinking about this the other day, thinking, is, was Jesus political? I've been asking people their opinion. Do you think Jesus was political? You know, they say, no, he wasn't political. Yes, he was political. Well, let's talk about what the definition of politics is. And this is, this is my definition based on uh, some reading. It says, a set of decisions and thought processes designed to care for the people of a specific city or country or region. Instead of decisions and thought processes, in other words, politicians make decisions and rules and, and laws, et cetera, that basically are designed in theory to care for us. Make sure we get food, make sure we get health care, make sure we're protected, we're, we, we have, we have a military, make sure uh, uh, all our needs are met, that, that we get, the, get good stuff on television that's not offensive, good stuff online that's not offensive, and they have the, 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 that the drugs we get are cleared and safe. So they make all these guidelines to take care of us. That is politics. And they, the government is the vehicle through which they do all that. But when we talk about politics, let's think about that. Does God have a set of decisions and thought processes and plan to take care of us, to make sure we're healthy and fed? This is the question. And if he does, what is our role in it? Because man has politics. As a matter of fact, if you look at what's going on in our world, it's us versus them. Our politics is so divided. It's now people are violent to the point of being violent. Jesus has, does Jesus has his, have his own politics? So let's look at four things. Number one, uh, Jesus acknowledged the politics or slash government of man. He did. We all know that he was impacted by politics when he lived. Remember, he was born, the day he was born, they announced the king of the Jews. What's a king? A king is a leader. And it was so profound that this king was born, that King Herod said, go kill him. He threatened the king, and he was only a baby. And because of that, he ran, his family went to Egypt, his family came back, they went to Nazareth, and they were constantly, constantly dodging kings and under political attack. When he was crucified, he was falsely accused. He had a trial, and because of politics, they, they picked him over a known criminal and crucified him. So he acknowledged and was submitted to the politics and government of the land. And guess what? Matter of fact, when, they, when he was on trial, one of the trials, they said, don't you ever defend yourself. And he said, nope. Now, why is this important? Because we can think that the politics of man is the beginning and end of our life, that the politics of man can actually get in the way of God's purpose in your life. And here's Jesus going, do what you got to do. And look what it's, and then they said, should you pay taxes? And this is where it's, it's really cool. Luke chapter 20, verse 22. 
It says, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? They're trying to catch him. Basically, what politic do you follow on earth? Should you pay taxes? They wanted to try to get him to, and by the way, Caesar was worshiped as a god. And here's Jesus saying, I'm a king. And then it says, he perceived their craftiness and said, why do you test me? Show me your money. Whose image and inscription does it have? And they said, it's Caesar's. And they thought they got him. And he said, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God. Um, here's what he said. There's politics. You have your king, who you worship as a god. You have your government. And I know he knew I'm going to be falsely accused by that government, by those politics, and the politics of the religious leaders are going to get me killed. That's fine because it's all part of God's plan. So you give your taxes, you do your vote to man. This is what he said. But render to God what's God's. Think about this. Go ahead and do your vote. Please, everybody should vote. Please, everybody should vote. But here's here's what Jesus is saying. Give your vote to man. Give your taxes to the government. But give your heart to God. And this is where the rubber meets the road because I believe, especially now, that people have given their heart to their government. They've given their heart to their politician. They've given their heart to their politics. And that is a dangerous place to be because you cannot serve two masters. And there may be a lot of you online right now chatting because your heart is so sold out for your political party. So if your heart is sold out to your political party, where's God in your life? Is the politics here and God here? My whole point in this series, and by the way, this series is designed to to direct your prayers, that you pray about how you can love people who don't vote like you because at the end of the day, that's how you're, one of the clearest ways that your commitment to Christ is going to be revealed is how you are praying for people, loving people, pacing with people who don't agree with you. Forget your people who have your politics. That's easy. What about the people who your friends and family can't stand? Come on, Christian. How are you praying for them? How much patience do you have with them? How kind are you speaking about them? How loving are you about them? Are you part of the cancel culture? As soon as someone says something that is opposed to you, you you beat them down. Where is that in the word of God? And so Jesus said, render to Caesar what's Caesar's, but render to God what's God's. And what, what is God's is your heart. And where your heart is is where your treasure is going to be. And where your heart is, is going to be one, one way to know where your heart is is what's coming out of your mouth. And so Jesus said very carefully, listen, give, give, give to Caesar. I get the government. I get the taxes. I get all that. But that does not warrant your heart. God has to have your heart. So Jesus acknowledged politics. He was submitted to politics. Politics crucified him. But he says politics only deserve your vote, maybe, your money, your taxes, your taxes, but your heart belongs to God. Number two, Jesus, this is, this, is, this is probably my favorite point in this whole thing. Jesus announced his own government, the kingdom of God. Jesus had his own politics, the kingdom of God. Look at Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, Mark chapter 1. 
And, and just read the Bible, I mean, all through the Gospels, uh, where Jesus announces the kingdom of God repeatedly. Now, you have to understand, when he was born, <laughs> the wise men said, hey, uh, the king of the Jews. That's a political. He's a king has a government, has, uh, in theory, going to take charge. In theory, he's going to depose the current king. That's why Herod wants to kill him. He came and announced, hey, Jesus came to put God back, God back in charge through his disciples. You are his disciples. So he is wanting to establish his kingdom, his kingdom through you. Look what it says in Mark chapter 1, verse 14. After John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The time is at hand. The kingdom, the kingdom of God. Is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. John chapter 18. John chapter 18. John chapter 18. Jesus says, verse 36. It's awesome. My kingdom. My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. He said, if my kingdom of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. He said, look, Jesus said, oh, yeah, this government, for us, we got Republican, Democrat. I get it. All of y'all like, I'm Republican, da-da-da-da-da, I'm Democrat, da-da-da-da, the Republicans are this, the Democrats are this. Okay, Jesus says, okay, cool, 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 cool. Guess what? I got my own kingdom. <laughs> let, me, let me say this one more time. <laughs> let me say this one more time. He got his own kingdom. Jesus, what are you going to do? I'm going to bring my own kingdom. It's like, it's like you go to a party. You go to a party and, and, and you know, my, my, wife, my wife is gluten-free. She's a health freak, so she's... Well, she's not only very health conscious, she also has certain allergies. So she has to have certain food, gluten-free, especially gluten. So she may come and say, what are y'all eating? Because I can't eat gluten. So sometimes she has to bring her own food based on what's being cooked. It's like Jesus came to the party, and this is, we're going to read a passage that this very thing happened. He comes to the party and they say, hey, are you for Republican? Are you for Democrat? He goes, I got my own government. <laughs> and guess what? I'm the king. Y'all can't vote me in or out. I'm already king. Anybody want to be on my party? Anybody want to come to my kingdom? If you're a believer, that's the kingdom you need to be part of. Matter of fact, if you're a believer, that's the kingdom you are part of. Did you forget that? And that's the kingdom that you have to represent more than any other kingdom. Joshua chapter 5, this is the most hilarious thing in my book, The Third Option. By the way, this is a classic us versus them situation in our country where people are like, I'm Republican, I'm Democrat, I'm Republican, I'm Democrat. And if, and if you're on the other side, you are Evil. Okay, everyone's got, everyone's pointing fingers. They're evil, they're evil, they're evil. This happened in Joshua chapter 5. Joshua is leading the Israelites into the promised land. I love this story. The Jews have been walking around the wilderness for 40 years. They were in bondage in Egypt for 400 years. Now they're getting ready to go into the promised land. And Joshua just took over for Moses. And they're going to go into the promised land that God promised Abraham. And Joshua goes in and it says in chapter 5, verse 13, that he was confronted by the commander of the army of the Lord. Matter of fact, let me read it to you. It came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes. 
and looked up, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. So here's Joshua. He's leading the Israelites into the promised land. And this guy, I'm just going to assume he's big, buff dude with his sword drawn. And Joshua says to him, to the command that he doesn't know who he is yet, are you for us? Are you on our side? Are you on this side? And here's what he says. Are you for us or our adversary? And I bet you a lot of y'all, if whoever's not in your political party is your adversary. You probably think, how can, I, how can anybody vote for them? How could those people be Christian? How can, how can anybody think that's right? That's, we all hear it all day long, okay? That's the us versus them. So here's Joshua. We're the people of God. God started us. He, he promised the promised land to us. So we must be right. So he says to the commander, are you for us, because we're right, or our adversary? And here's what the, the Lord said. <laughs> he said, no. <laughs> Back up. Are you for us? Talking to the commander of the Lord's army because he doesn't know who he is yet. Are you for us? Or are you for our adversary? He goes, no. But as commander of the armies of the Lord, I have now come. I come for a whole different purpose. Bigger than you. Now, they were going into the promised land, promised Abraham. How could he not be for them? Because the whole promised land thing was part of God's plan. And it had to be done God's way. I know if you're watching, you probably think, well, God has to be on my party side. He can't be on their side. Certainly those policies can't represent God. Certainly those policies can't represent God. And here's what God says. I'm on my side. I'm on my side. I don't come here to support you. You support me. And the Bible says that Joshua fell on, the, on his face and worshiped. And you know what he said? God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Red or blue, what would Jesus do? That's what we need to be asking. Just what Joshua said. What do you want me to do? And he said, take your sandal off your foot for the place where you stand is holy ground. Worship me. Worship me. Now, don't get it twisted. You may be thinking, and I know a lot of y'all tuned into this say, okay, I want to know who to vote for, or I want to know who Miles is going to vote for, who the Rock's going to vote for. We ain't going there because who I vote for is none of your business. And the church doesn't represent, we don't represent a candidate. We represent Jesus. But the question is, no matter who you vote for, how are you going to act? How are you going to act towards those people who don't agree with you? How are you going to act towards those people who curse you? You belong to the kingdom of God. When the, when the commander said, take your shoes off, he said, stop playing that game. If we're going to do this God thing, go into the promised land. We're going to do it my way or it ain't going to happen. Because this is not about you. Number three, Jesus' kingdom delivers people from bondage. Now, this is, you can go on and on for all these points, but I do want to stress that what is God's kingdom about? It is about delivering people from bondage. Listen, we all know politics is, in the, it, globally, is 
got a whole bunch of, even, even the name politics reeks, something ain't right. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's always stuff behind the scenes that ain't right. So even when you say politics, you're almost saying something ain't right. Jesus' kingdom is very different. Now, there's going to be some things in each political party that you may say, well, that's honorable, that's honorable. When I say honorable, that's a right thing to do, to care for those kind of people that way. Remember, it's a, it's a set of systems and, and decision processes designed to care for people. You, there are policies on each side, so that, that would be consistent with the heart of God. That would be consistent with the heart of God, at, at least in theory, how it's stated, how, it's, how politics are carried out is a whole other thing. But Jesus said, listen, y'all can have that. I got my own kingdom. I got, I'm the king. There's no vote here. And I have disciples who are my politicians. We're going to get to that in a minute. But look what it says. Here's the purpose. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of the sight of the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. As kingdom of God warriors, as disciples of Christ, as ambassadors of Christ that we're going to see here in a minute, are we committed to that? And, and not are we voting for the party that we think does that. That's cool. But are we living that? Don't, don't vote and say, well, now they got to do it and they got to do it this way and then that's your thing. No, as a believer, remember, you got Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever, and then the kingdom of God. I'm going to say it again. You got political parties that we have and then you got the kingdom of God. I'm not saying you're not part of either one of those, but your main party has to be the kingdom of God. And are you, as part of the kingdom of God, a disciple of Christ, living that out? And the number one commandment is to love God with your heart, mind, and soul. Not a system, not your money, not your career, not your dreams. You can render to them what they need. Give, give appropriate discipline, give appropriate time, give appropriate commitment, but your heart belongs to God. And then Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. Are you preaching the gospel? Are you sharing your faith? Are you just online where no one can see you and you can say all you want because no one there is in your faith to challenge you? Or are you sharing your faith and your love with people at your job, in your neighborhood? Are you a light of the kingdom? Or are you an advocate for the politics of man? As Joshua said, are you for us or them? He said, no, neither. I got my own kingdom. Now, you want to come into the promised land? You got to do it my way. You got to do it my way. Because in the end, my kingdom has to prevail. Number four, and this is the last one, last point. And again, these, all these points I want you to pray about because at the end of the day, how well do you love the people who don't vote like you? Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Your candidate, if your candidate wins, you still ain't going to get everything you want. It ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. And if your candidate loses, it ain't going to be as bad as you think. It's just, and what I mean by that is that Jesus is still on the throne. 
That stuff is not going to make you totally happy. What, your, your true joy, your true purpose, your true clarity, your true eternal security is in Christ. It's in Christ. You have to have your feet on that rock. So whatever happens in the world, whether, you, whether your candidate wins or loses, you are, you are on solid ground. Because even if, it, as I said, if it wins, you're still going to have to deal with stuff. And how are you going to deal with it? Based on what? Jesus. So number four, Jesus has called us out of our kingdom into his. And let me say that what I'm not saying. I'm not saying don't vote because I know people get stuff twisted. They hear what they want to hear. I'm telling you, (laughs) go back to Joshua. Are you for us and them? He said, no, no. You're on, you're on holy ground. It's a whole different deal. It's your third option. It's a whole, a whole different deal. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone, anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. By the way, um, if you are in Christ, wherever you are, just raise your hand. Well, if, you, if your hands are raised, you are a new creature. You have a whole new set of rules that you have to live by. You are a citizen of heaven, which we're getting ready to read here in a minute. You belong to a whole new government. You have a whole new destiny that you did before. Now, if your hand is not raised, we're going to give you an opportunity to ask Christ to be your Savior. But here's what he said. If anyone's in Christ, you are a new creature. The old has passed away. All things have become new. How you deal with people who don't like you is new. How you pray for people who don't vote like you is going to be new. How you forgive people is going to be new. Everything's changed. How you view politics. Put on a lens where you can see reality and not be blinded by your blind commitment to people or organizations. You say, Lord, show me. And it says, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. God has given you the ministry of reconciliation and bring people together. I started out by talking about who the disciples were. Matthew the tax collector, pro-government. Simon the zealot, anti-government, serving the same Lord. God has given us not only the mission to be reconciled, but the ministry of reconciliation where we can be a tool to bring people together. How you are responding to the election, is it bringing people together or is it separating people? Are you sowing dissension or are you sowing reconciliation? That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses or or attributing their trespasses and sins to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. What the word of reconciliation is, is forgiveness. Jesus died and rose from the dead for our sin to forgive us of our sin. And that no matter who you are, God loves you and wants to forgive you. He's given us that message. It's more important than anything a politician can say. More important than anything any politician can say or do. I can't give you eternal life. And then it says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though he were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. 
um, if you go to another country, I was, in, I was in London. My sister used to live in London. And right down the street from our house, like two blocks, was the American embassy. And if you go to the American embassy or any embassy of any country in any, in any country, so American embassy in any other country, the Chinese embassy in any other country than China, as soon as you go into the property of the embassy, you are now in that country. And you have to live by their rules. Whoo, whoo, watch this. Joshua said to the Lord, are you for us or adversary? He said, brother, neither. I am the commander of the Lord's army. He said, oh, and he bowed on his face. And he said, what do you want me to do? Take your sandals off because you're not in Jericho anymore. You're in heaven. This is holy ground. This is holy ground. You, you now live by a whole different set of rules. Oh, snap. If you are a Christian, you stand on holy ground. It's a whole different set of rules. There's no Republican, Democrat in heaven. In other words, what I mean by that, I'm not saying Republicans and Democrats don't go to heaven. Uh, those rules, remember politics is a set of rules and thought processes to care for people? Those set of rules don't apply. There's a whole different set of rules. So if you are a believer and you are walking on holy ground, that's, those are the rules you need to live by. Because God has made you an ambassador of that land of heaven. Philippians chapter 3. Verse 20, look what it says. Philippians 3, our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. We are citizens of heaven. Now, you may be thinking, ah, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? It means that we need to really learn what it means. Then you need to get your eyes fixed on the author and finish of your faith, Jesus. Don't allow all the political rhetoric to drag you down and force you to pick one side against the other and then become the enemy of the other side. And then you become the ambassador of this rhetoric or this rhetoric. You say, no, no, no. I stand on holy ground and I'm going to act and respond and love and talk like Jesus. Now, vote for who you're going to vote for. But when people disagree with you or when people talk trash that is un in an unbiblical manner about the other people, you say, no, no, I'm going to represent the king. That's what Jesus would do. Jesus brings us together. The Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6 says, Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Hallowed be your name. Then he says, your kingdom, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, Lord, your will be done in my life. Now, your will be done in my attitude. Now, your will be done in my words. Now. That's what Jesus would do. In a minute, we're going to pray. And my prayer for you is that you would pray about, Lord, I want to love the people who don't vote like me. I mean, that's like, that's like putting chemo right on the cancer. The people who despise me, at least I think they despise me. The people who are completely opposite politically in man's politics than me. Lord, help me love them. That's what I want you to pray for this series. Pray that God would open your eyes. Open your, the eyes of your heart that you may see you. Because we're going to talk about that every week. What is God saying to you about you? So I'm going to pray that for you. But there's, there's some of y'all, you've never asked Christ to be your Savior. 
You're, you're just all about you. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says the penalty of sin is death. But that while we were sinners, Jesus died for you. And if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised from the dead, you'll be saved. In other words, listen, you've been living life for you. But you, like me and all of us, are sinners. And as sinners, we're going to do things that are self-centered. But Jesus came, died and rose from the dead so you can surrender yourself to him. The Bible calls it being born again and establish a relationship with God. And then you are now on holy ground. And now there's a whole different government, a whole different set of rules for how you live and how you respond, how you encourage people. And it's going to be different in many, many ways from what's on earth. So in a minute, I want to pray, and I want to pray for all of you, number one, that we will be able to love like Jesus. And number two, that if you want to give your life to Christ, that you would take this opportunity to become a citizen of heaven. So let's all bow our heads and pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. Lord, I know there's a lot, a lot of tension, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety in our country. But Lord, I also know that you are the God of peace and you have not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. So first I want to pray for all the people who want to ask Christ to be their savior. If you would like to surrender your life to Jesus, in the privacy of your heart, pray, dear God, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and that the penalty of my sin is death. But I believe Jesus is Lord, that he died and rose from the dead. Jesus, please forgive me. Come live in my heart. Fill me with the spirit of God. I surrender my life to you. I want to also pray for all the people who have already done that. We are all now a family. And I pray that you would stir their hearts to pray for love, patience, and grace towards those people who don't believe what they believe politically. And that we are going to show our true colors by our love for one another. Thank you, God, for giving us a clear choice that you have your own kingdom. We have our own citizenship in heaven. Your own set of rules, your own set of guidelines. And we submit our lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, please text SAVED to 52525. We want to help you in your relationship with God. And for the rest of us, all of us now, please throughout this series, ask God to stir your heart to be prayerful. For the people who don't agree with you, you are going to get an earful. You're going to hear it every day on social media if that's where you're at. Don't go there. You're going to hear it on the news. Don't go there. Remember your citizenship, your primary citizenship, your eternal citizenship is in heaven. Let's honor God with how we live. God bless you.